Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 2. In this series, I travel from LA to Chicago on the Southwest Chief, then from Chicago to New Orleans on both Amtrak's City of New Orleans train and a rail replacement bus. I then travel back from New Orleans to Los Angeles on the Sunset Limited. I also get to travel on the San Joaquins the Coast Starlight and the Pacific Surfliner, in all over 6,300 miles in 14 days. Welcome to part seven of my journey westward on the Sunset Limited, where we reach El Paso and then travel on towards Ontario in California. We're now going through some marshalling yards, lots of freight wagons here. We'll still continue at a reasonable speed, and I would imagine that this marshalling yard is nothing like the size of the one at Houston. But still, it is quite a large yard, I would say probably 10, 15 tracks across. We must be coming towards El Paso Station. On the hill behind the marshalling yard, I can see a giant water tower. Is it eight, ten, no, maybe twelve legs holding it up in the air? On my left, I can see what looks like a small oil refinery and the tanks for storage of the refined fuels. No sooner have we passed what looked like the small oil refinery than we went past a much bigger one. And here's another refinery or set of refining equipment rail cars ready to receive the fuels to take across the United States. We're approximately 10 minutes away from our next station stop of El Paso, Texas. If El Paso, Texas is your final destination, please take a few moments, make sure you have all your personal items, your cell phones, your chargers. Please check the overhead racks, the luggage racks, seats back down in front of you. Any personal items that you brought on the train with you, you're responsible for taking them off the train. If you have checked baggage, Please have your baggage clean check ready. Baggage pickup will be available going into the station approximately 10 15 minutes after the train arrives into the station. We are running behind schedule uh, for unforeseen freight traffic. We're going to try to make up some of this time. So, if you are traveling west with us, uh, El Paso, Texas will be a fresh air smoke break stop for probably about 15 minutes or less. We're going to try to expedite our work here in El Paso. So, please do not wander far from the train station. Next uh, service stop will be Tucson, Arizona. It'll be later this evening. That'll be the last opportunity to have a smoke break. And our final destination will be Los Angeles, California tomorrow morning. So once again, El Paso, Texas is coming up, but that is your station stop. Please make sure you have all your personal items. Please wait until the train comes to a complete stop before you come downstairs. Please do not open any doors or windows. Our Amtrak train attendants will be able to do that for you or the conductors. On behalf of uh, our crew, we'd like to thank you for traveling Amtrak and have a great day.
We were further away from the... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the dining car. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we're coming up to a fresh air break. My first reservation is 5.30. If you're only a 5.30 dinner reservation, I completely understand if you would rather have a smoke break, fresh air break instead. Uh, 5.30 dinner reservation, come in at your earliest convenience. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, if you're holding a 5.30 dinner reservation, and you'd like to come in and join us for dinner, please wait just inside the door. To be seated by a uniform attendant. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, dining car is calling in 5.30 dinner reservations. 5.30. Tables are ready. El Paso railway station was significantly further than I thought it was, but this is a large town, somewhere, I think, that can genuinely call itself a city. We're about four and a quarter hours late into El Paso. The city is situated along the Rio Grande River, across the border from Mexico. Fort Bliss, a major U.S. Army installation and local employer, lies to the east and northeast of the city. The Franklin Mountains extend into the city from the north and nearly divide it into two sections. The area was not considered a part of Texas until 1848. The population exploded with the arrival of the Southern Pacific, Texas and Pacific and the Atchison, Topeka and Santa Fe railways in 1881. In 1930, Conrad Hilton opened his first high-rise hotel here. In 1934, Varney Speed Lines began operations out of El Paso Municipal Airport. They were soon taken over and renamed Continental Airlines. Edis claimed that the margarita was first mixed at Tommy's Place Bar in 1945, and a company called Helen of Troy Limited, manufacturer of health products such as Dr. Scholl's, Vidal Sassoon and Sunbeam, is based here. The restored railway station was designed by the same Chicago firm that built Washington Union Station. It opened in 1906 and was used by nearly 15,000 passengers in 2017. On our departure from El Paso, we will soon be crossing the Texas-New Mexico state line because the Rio Grande River serves as a natural boundary. We've now reached El Paso station. Quite a few people getting off the train here, and I suspect quite a number might get on as well. But next to each car, people taking a breath of air, people sitting on the platform and having a smoke. This fresh air break has taken a long time coming, and I think people are very relieved to be able to get off the train for a few minutes. Just saying goodbye to a couple of people I met for dinner last night. El Paso was their stop. We were half expecting not to meet, considering the time we were meant to be here. The late afternoon sun is blazing down. It's pretty hot here, and of course it's a crew change, so we're losing our conductors and engineer, and soon we'll be meeting a new set of conductors and engineer to take us onward from El Paso westwards. The line here must face just about due west, because looking down the train, the sun is directly in my eyes. They're trying to expedite the stop here to gain a few minutes to see if we can make up a bit of the time we've lost on our way. So I shall get back into the train, I think. Into the air-conditioned comfort.
joining us here in El Paso, Texas. Welcome aboard train number one, Ascension Limited, and train 421, the Texas Eagle, both with final destinations at Valley Union Station. And principal stops in between. Folks, a couple of very quick important announcements. We want to thank you in advance for helping us maintain the Sunset Limited and the Texas Eagle as a smoke-free train. Absolutely no smoking anywhere on this train. That includes electronic cigarettes, anything that produces vapor, folks. No smoking. Just like any other form of public transportation, smoking is strictly prohibited on all Amtrak trains. You will have an opportunity for a smoke break later on this evening, folks. If you are enjoying any type of multimedia, folks, watching movies, listening to music, headphones, headphones are required. So once again, please uh, use headphones if you're enjoying any music or watching movies. Please watch your content, watch your language, folks. This is a family train. We have two food service cars in the middle of the stream. We have a cafe lounge and a diner. Cafe lounge is also known as a sightseeing car. Go down to the middle of that car, down the stairs, you can get something to eat or drink throughout your trip. The diner folks, they operate by reservations only for dinner. They are in the middle of dinner service. If you'd like to get a little bit more information on that, your car attendant or conductor can give you a little bit more info to see if you want to join them for dinner service. We just departed El Paso, Texas, folks. Our next station stop here in approximately an hour and 30 minutes will be Deming, New Mexico. Deming will be one of three really quick stops we're going to be doing this uh, afternoon, this evening. And they're going to be for those particular stations stop passengers. So sit back, folks. Relax. We're once again departing El Paso, Texas. Our next station stop here in approximately an hour and 30 minutes will be Deming, New Mexico. If you have any questions or electric for any suspicious activity during your trip, any Amtrak employee will be more than happy to assist you. Once again, folks, sit back and relax. All the work. We are slowly pulling out of El Paso Station. Five hours and ten minutes behind schedule. The Rio Grande River serves as the natural boundary. It is Spanish for Big River. And it's 1,885 miles long, the fourth largest river system in the United States. These are the lands of the famous Mexican revolutionary Pancho Villa, and where Billy the Kid died at the hands of Pat Garrett in 1881. Soon after leaving El Paso, we've gone round a 90-degree curve, twin-tracked here, and I think we're slowly climbing again. Out in front of me, I can see the city. And before that... A bit of the desert that we've been going through. Since we left El Paso, we've been climbing steadily. The train curving along. The countryside outside our window getting increasingly stark. The sun starting to set in the west. The shadows are getting longer. I suspect in an hour or so it will be dark. It's a lovely dusk. The sun is sinking in the west. And we're about ten minutes from Deming, which means we're running roughly four and a quarter hours late. We made up a little bit of time since leaving El Paso, and we've certainly had a clear track, but this part of the journey is double-tracked. So, of course, we shouldn't be waiting for freight trains that are waiting for the piece of track that we're on. We might, of course, 
At our speed, catch up with a freight train that's much slower and can't get out of our way for a while. We shall see as the evening and then the night progress. Deming was founded in 1881, the year that the railway station opened. And it was used by 1,470 passengers in 2017. After leaving Deming, we crossed the Continental Divide some 30 miles west at an elevation of 4,587 feet. The Continental Divide is the point at which waters east of it flow into the Atlantic and west of it into the Pacific. As you'll be aware from my earlier mutterings, the train is running somewhat late. Originally, the schedule suggested that by tea time we'd be at Lordsburg. It was much later than that. The town was founded in 1880 as a Southern Pacific railroad town. In 1938, the first airport in New Mexico began operations there. In 1927, the town was one of the stops on Charles Lindbergh's Spiritus and Louis air tour. Two miles south, we might have seen it if we'd been on time, but it was completely dark by the time we were there, is the ghost town of Shakespeare. A stop on the famous but short-lived Butterfield Overland Mail stagecoach route between 1857 and 1861. It was an early operation of Wells Fargo and American Express. It employed over 800 people. It used 250 Concorde stagecoaches and 1,800 head of stock at its peak. The station is a flag stop and saw an increase of 28.2% in passengers in 2017 to reach the heady heights of 742. We then cross the New Mexico-Arizona state line. We pass through in darkness the Peloncillo Mountains. They straddle both states. They were the final homelands of some of the Apaches. Chief Geronimo surrendered to the US Cavalry at Skeleton Canyon in 1886. The region is important for mining copper, silver and gold. If we were still in daylight, the Dragoon Mountains would be visible on the left. The next stop is Benson. The town is situated on the San Pedro River and grew in the early 1900s as the demand for copper and silver increased. Transport was by the Southern, now Union Pacific Railroad, main line. Today its moderate climate and location as a gateway to the Karchner Caverns State Park has resulted in its growing popularity as a retirement and tourist destination. The culture is ingrained in the Old West and traditional railway heritage. The station is another flag stop and consists of metal shelter. In 2017, passenger numbers grew to 2,036. We pass the Davis-Monthan Air Base, a vast aircraft boneyard where the dry desert climate preserves hundreds of stored aeroplanes. We should have reached Tucson by dinner, where the stop is 50 minutes. It's a service stop. The town was first inhabited 12,000 years ago by the Paleo Indians. Surrounded by five major mountain ranges, it is the southernmost ski destination in the whole of the United States. The station originally opened in 1907 and was used by 29,146 passengers in 2017.
It's been dark for many hours when we reach Maricopa for our ten-minute stop. The station features a former converted California Zephyr Dome observation lounge car. The town itself was originally a stagecoach relay and trading centre. The number of passengers using the station, which opened in 1996, grew by over 5% to 11,850 in 2017. And we should have been in Los Angeles at 5.35 this morning. The train appears to be running a little over four hours late at the current time. I was asleep when we reached Yuma. Yuma is located in the Sonoran Desert and on the eastern bank of the Colorado River, separating Arizona from California. 4,605 passengers used the station in 2017. We then crossed the Arizona-California state line and roughly four and a half hours later than our schedule stated, we reached Palm Springs at about 6.30, just as I was waking up. Palm Springs is a desert city known for its golfing tournaments. The station opened in 1997 and passenger numbers grew by over 3% in 2017 to 3,140, even though the train is scheduled to pass through in the early hours of the morning. The hills we're passing through now are green, grass and few trees, very, very different from the arid dryness of yesterday, although I suspect this is still a very dry area. We're approaching Ontario, a station we were scheduled to reach about 4am. It is now 7.30 in the morning. Ontario in California is the home of the Maglite Corporation, makers of torches. In 2015, the passenger numbers increased by 2.8% to 4,824. I wonder how many people have been waiting since the inhospitable time that we should have reached there if we'd been on schedule. We've just passed a grove of what look like orange trees, and here's another one. Orange is bright orange hanging from the branches. The road that was running parallel to us a few moments ago was full of cars queuing the early morning rush hour, I suppose. It is half past seven. Our engineer has his hand hard on the horn as we're going downhill towards Ontario. This podcast has been produced by the Mr. T Podcast Studio.
I thank the passengers and crew of Amtrak's train number one, the Sunset Limited, for making this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. Please join me again in two weeks. Thank you.